Hello and welcome to the Daily Royal. My name is Shelby and I have been a royal watcher for the past 10 years. In this podcast, I talk about the daily events of seven of the European monarchies. So I talk about Belgium, the UK, Denmark, the Netherlands, Norway, Spain, and Sweden. I upload Monday through Friday with occasional bonus episodes here and there. Today, we are going to be talking about all of the events from Friday, June 11th through Sunday, June 13th of 2021. And oh boy, (laughs) you guys, what a weekend. It was wonderful. Do not get me wrong. This has been like my favorite weekend ever. Um, But (laughs) wow, it's a lot. Um, So here is what we're going to do. I'm going to talk about almost everything. Um, It's probably going to be a long one, but I have a plan, so I'm hoping that we don't go super long. (laughs) That's the goal. I don't know what it's actually going to be like. Um, So for the next little while, we're going to talk about um, an event. So the Euro Cup finals are happening right now for uh, football, European football. And it seems as though Royals are going to be participating. Um, We are just in like the first set of matches, games, whatever they're called. And um, we've already had a lot of Royal attendance and participation in other ways. So we are going to just start each episode right now kind of talking about that. Um, And if there is no participation, then we won't talk about it. Um, But, like, I know tomorrow there's going to be another game in Spain, and so King Felipe will be attending. So, like, these things are going to happen probably until either all of the monarchies in the the Euro Cup final lose or they stop going. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's, it's a lot. So, um, that's what we're going to start with today. Um, so this weekend there were three or four, there were four games, um, from our monarchies. So the first one was Denmark and Finland, um, and they met in Copenhagen. Uh, Crown Prince Frederick and Crown Princess Mary were at the first part of the game, Um, So for those who don't know, and honestly, I don't know how you don't know because it was making um, news kind of everywhere, Um, there was a member of the Danish national team who had a medical crisis uh, in the middle of that game, like literally in the middle of that game. Um, It was horrifying and everything is fine now, but they suspended play on the game um, for several hours, I believe, while that was, while, while that was being dealt with, um, which is totally fine, and it made for a really, um, like, nothing else mattered that game, um, just, um, this player, you know, and his recovery and his, in all honesty, like, his survival, Um, was the most important thing and then just everyone coming together 
to continue playing that game. Um, you know, Finland and Denmark alike were both shell-shocked, of course, um, because that was it was really scary. Um, and so Finland did win that game, but I, and the reason I'm saying this is I'm not sure if Frederick and Mary stayed through that part or what happened, um, but they did release a statement later on that said all that's important is um, that this player is doing well. Um, and then they talked about the strong support of the whole game. Um, and then also chiming in on that incident was the Duke of Cambridge who sent his well wishes um, to the player as well. So again, I'm not going to go into that. This is not a European football podcast, although it's seeming to be lately. Um, but it was, it's all over the place. So you can definitely check it out. Um, I will say the player's name is Christian Eriksen. Um, and so he is, he is doing better. Thank goodness. Um, so anyway, that was the first game. Um, the next game was Belgium and Russia. Belgium won. No anything from King Philippe that day, but he will be going to Belgium's next game in Denmark. Um, and then today, uh, this morning, the Duke of Cambridge sent out a tweet um, wishing the players of the English national team the best of luck in their game against Croatia. And according to the internet search I did, I did not watch this one, but according to the internet search, uh, England won that one. Um, and then this evening was the Netherlands versus Ukraine, um, and King Willem Alexander and Queen Maxima were there for that game. Um, I watched this game. I think I came in with like maybe 20 minutes of gameplay. I missed the first 20 minutes. Um, I don't know what happened, but I missed them. So I, I watched um, the Netherlands one. It's very exciting. King Willem Alexander and Queen Maxima have become a meme. Um, we'll see how long that plays out. If it does play out longer, I'll share the meme tomorrow. Um, so that was the game play for um, the past day. Um, and so now, uh, tomorrow there is Spain versus Sweden and King, like I said, King Felipe is, um, scheduled to be in attendance at that game in Seville. So that is what was going on with Euro 2020. Also, this was all supposed to happen last year, um, but pandemic. So it's now happening um, this year, of course. Um, so anyway, that is what was going on with Euro finals, um, or Euro game cup. I don't know. It's my first season as a like football watcher. I'm not even a fan yet, but it's coming. Just trust me. Um, okay. So with that, we are going to go ahead now and move on to the Belgian Royal family. Aside from the Euro game, um, the only event that happened was on Friday. 
Um, but it was a really cool event, so I wanted to talk about it. Um, so on Friday, Queen Matilde visited an organization called Handy Cirque, um, which is a circus workshop for children and adults who struggle with disability, um, both physical and intellectual. And so they use circus acts and like um, things along those lines to encourage um, community and things like that. So there are different groups that partake. Uh, I think it's like 15 at a time. I don't know if that's like a normal number or if it's a pandemic version of that number, but 15 groups at a time will take part in this workshop. Um, So during her visit, Queen Matilde was able to take part in various activities with the students as well as talk to the administrators and organizers for the workshop. So I don't know, I just thought it was like a really cool kind of thing. Um, This week, like or last week I guess now at this point, um, Queen Matilde was just kind of amazing in the casual events like it was all very chill I mean my god she was shooting a basketball at one point like it was just a really casual weekend um which I don't know how much like and week for her and it's I'm not sure how much of that is gonna exist this week just because of the um the schedule so like she has an event scheduled for tomorrow, but it's a pretty um, like uh, serious event. And then if I don't know if she's even going to partake, but then there are a bunch of these meetings with foreign leaders. So like um, President Biden is going to be in Belgium this week. The Canadian Prime Minister is going to be in Belgium this week. There's a NATO summit, so like a lot of people are going to be in Belgium. Um, But it's just, you know, how many people are going to meet with the king, I don't know. And how many people are going to meet with Queen Matilda, I don't know. But it'll be an interesting week for sure in Belgium. Um, So luckily for me, uh, that is all that was going on in Belgium. Because now we are going on to the busiest weekend that the British royal family has had since I started this podcast. So let's go do that now. It was an incredibly busy weekend for the British royal family. Incredibly. Um, So much so, the original plan was to break up this weekend into at least two, if not an episode, every night of the weekend. Um, However, I also have a life, um, like outside of this podcast, and there were other things that needed to happen over the weekend. So this is why we're getting an extremely long episode. Um, But because the... G7, which is a summit of the global leaders, um, the top seven economic, but also democracies. So they're, um, it's the U.S., the U.K., Canada, uh, Japan, not China, uh, because China's not a democracy, 
Japan, uh, France, Germany, Canada, and then the EU is also invited. So members from the EU, but they're not considered part of the seven. So there are technically always nine of the quote G7 um, because they the EU sends two representatives. So they were meeting for the annual G7 summit in the UK. They were in Cornwall um, just having a grand old time. Um, so it was not really share, shared that the royal family would be partaking in events other than the meeting between President Biden and Queen Elizabeth that happened today. Um, it was not shared that they would be taking part in things until Thursday, until the day before. Um, so it was not known that there would be all of these events on Friday until the day before. So, um, and it was a lot. It was wonderful though. Believe me, this was like, it was amazing. Um, so we're just going to start, I'm going to, this is how I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this in order of event, not in order of precedence, even though that would make more sense. Um, I want to do it in order of event because that's the easiest way to follow along. So in the morning or midday, I guess, um, the Duchess of Cambridge took part in events focused on um, the importance of early childhood development, including education, um, where she visited a school and participated in a roundtable discussion about these ideas um, and actions and things that she has been working on with the early years. Um, but she did all of this with the first lady of the U.S., Dr. Jill Biden, um, who is an educator. Uh, like that is her job. Even, even still, she actually is still a teacher for those who don't know. She is a, um, professor in a community college. I don't know if it's in Maryland or Virginia, but, um, she still works and she still educates. It's like a part of her. It's also just kind of part of her, like, person, like her um, overall known, like everyone knows Jill Biden works and has worked as her time as second lady during President Obama's administration and even now. Um, so it was a place where their paths aligned. Um, so that was a really cool event um, that I just loved. I will say this, I'm probably going to say this a few times in this episode, I'm going to try and keep it brief, but like, for me as an American who, if you listened to this podcast in November during the election cycle, um, it was hard for me and, um, because I was so adamantly against our previous administration and very much for bringing diplomacy back. And so to see my the, my first lady, my president's wife, um, and be proud again of like how this is happening with someone I talk about every day. Um, it was lovely. It was just, it was thrilling. I legit cried because it was like so nice to see um, because it had just been a really long time since I had been like, proud of the way my country acts in di diplomatic situations. Um, so that was the first event. And then after in the evening, um, the prime minister 
Boris Johnson is really the one leading the G7. Like, he is the host, so he is organizing a lot of events. Um, but he, for the um, reception pre the start of the G7, so the G7 technically started, like, with the majority of meetings, like, after this reception um, and into the next day. He decided to include the royal family and use some of their soft power to charm and disarm and make the evening more fun um, and less focused on the intense things that were coming down the pike. Um, So there are plenty of news sites and podcasts out there, I'm sure, that are going to talk about the G7. I am not one of them. Um, I followed what what was happening, but I am not one to share that. Um, so it was just a way to bring out the the royal family and use their existence and their presence to um, ease the the stress of the G seven and the things that were going to be discussed, um, and also just like, hey, the world is back. You know, like we are, we all went through something, but now look at everyone coming together um, and just being a part of this. Like, that's what it is, really. So, um, that was held on Friday night. So, it was Queen Elizabeth, the Prince of Wales, the Duchess of Cornwall, and the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. So, you had the top five, you had the ones that I talk about all the time. Um, and it just, like, again, showed their commitment to um, the world, but also, like, to the UK and their goals and endeavors in the global world. Um, so that was a really big deal. Um, I loved that it was the five of them. I just thought that was really awesome, um, that they included all five. So that was first. And then, um, this is a weird way to say this, but then, like, the girls and boys separated, (laughs) So, by that I mean uh, Queen Elizabeth, the Duchess of Cornwall, and the Duchess of Cambridge attended a event thanking an organization called The Big Lunch for all of their work over the past year of the pandemic, providing meals to um, various people throughout the world. I think The Big Lunch is like an international kind of thing because I I followed someone who was talking about different events that uh, the Duchess of Cornwall has been at in different countries for the big lunch so I don't know if it's something based in the UK that like spreads out or if it's an international completely organization Um, but they have done a lot of work in the pandemic of course providing meals um, for underserved and vulnerable people Um, also there was a cake and a sword And it was the most funny thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, And it was just also, like, really lovely to see Queen Elizabeth back and, like, in her personhood and, like, just being back. It was just very lovely. Um, So that is what the women of the top five in the royal family did. And then the men, so the Prince of Wales and Duke of Cambridge, um, attended this meeting that the Prince of Wales has been setting, working on for a while with the Sustainable Markets Initiative, CEOs that partner with the Sustainable Markets Initiative, as well as um, the G7 leaders. So talking about giving um, our planet 
the same resources that we dived in to head first through the pandemic. You know, we did a lot of things very quickly because of the pandemic, and we don't treat the climate change and the climate crisis like that. And so Charles was encouraging of that. Um, and because the Sustainable Markets Initiative and Earthshot um, really kind of combine forces in terms of like their end goal of creating a better world, um, like a greener, cleaner, environmentally safe world, is why William was there because it is a really um, also it's a generational thing and the G7 while I was very happy to see the G7 um, is a lot of older people um, so you don't have a lot of young leaders in the G7 um, I think Emmanuel Macron and Justin Trudeau are probably the youngest and even they're like not old but like certainly not young and bright an idea held anymore maybe like they're just not um and so to have these forward thinking ideas is really important um so that is what friday brought i'm just realizing we're only on friday um okay so that was all of friday's it was glorious, wonderful. I am still just so happy to have seen this weekend has been my favorite. Um, okay, so then on Saturday, in what is normally like the biggest event of a week for the royal family, it was Trooping of the Color, which is the official celebration of Queen Elizabeth's birthday. Um, usually this is like the big deal, but this is like the small event of the weekend. Um, so... I'm just going to briefly go through what happened. Um, it is It was a scaled-down celebration, uh, very similar to last year. So Queen Elizabeth, um, it was held at the U at Windsor Castle on the Quadrangle, which is like the courtyard of Windsor Castle. Apparently, it's very large. Um, like, apparently, the White House can fit on it, which I have questions about because it doesn't look that large, but whatever. Um, and then... It is basically a parade of military for the queen to celebrate her birthday. There are drills um, taking place, a kind of a pass and review, which is a the guard, this um, oh dear, the military will parade in front of the queen, and she'll review them, but they're parading in front of her. Some royals and, like, today President Biden did where he reviewed the guard. Like, he walked and reviewed, not a they passed and you review them. Um, it happens both ways often. So, but for Queen Elizabeth, she does a pass and review. Um, so that happened. Um, she wasn't alone this year. Last year she was, I believe, alone. I can't remember. Um... But this year, the Duke of Kent was with her as his, um, he is Colonel-in-Chief of the Scots Guard Regiment, so his regiment was um, partaking in trooping, so he was there um, as their Colonel-in-Chief. So, it was lovely. I cannot believe, like, it is the quiet event of the week. Um, it did end with a flyover, um, like a, a plane flyover. Um, so that was lovely, but, like, 
that that's it that's trooping um next year will be really interesting the plan is that i'm in the uk next year for this so we'll see <laughs> um which is crazy that the next trooping i'll be there for um okay so that was saturday's event then we get to today and today was the day that i was like most excited for before i knew friday was gonna happen um because today Queen Elizabeth hosted um, President Biden and Dr. Biden for tea at Windsor Castle. And one, I love the historical like context of this was Queen Elizabeth's 13th president that she has met, but her it's it's her 14th US president since her reign began 69 years ago and some some months. Um, but it is also, this is the third. She's met almost every single one of them. This was her thirteenth that she had met. They did meet on Friday, but like official meeting was today. Um, and like obviously, as an American who is in Joe Biden's party, um, I'm gonna put it that way. It was. It was pretty flippin' great. Um, it was fantastic. So she hosted, they did hold like a military um, welcome, like an official welcome um, on the quadrangle. I don't think they moved anything from yesterday. <laughs> really, like the tent looked the same. They added a chair, I think. Um, and so it was an official welcome. President Biden did go and review the guard, um, which it was really funny. Cause so we don't, we don't really do this in the U.S. Um, this is not a thing we do. We do pass on reviews, but not very often. Um, so it's very rare that um, our president will review guards unless on a foreign or state visit. Um, so obviously this happens. Um, but it was Joe Biden's first time because even though he's been president for almost six months, um, he hasn't gone anywhere. This is his first overseas trip. Um, and so it was, I don't think he knew what he was doing, which was hilarious to me. Um, I don't know that he, I guess he must not have done guard reviews when he was vice president. I don't know. Um, but like, it was funny. Um, I'm hoping he'll do one next time and be a little, little bit better. I don't know, man. That was just, it was, it was interesting. Um, so anyway, after the official welcome, they did go inside, um, posed for an official picture and then went and had the tea and then Marine One, which is what we call the helicopter that the president is on, um, took off from Windsor and Joe Biden, I think is headed to Brussels now, I think is the next stop. Um, I know he meets with King Philippe on Tuesday. So I think tomorrow is NATO or something summit. I don't really know anymore, um, but it will just be him. I don't believe Dr. Biden is traveling to Brussels with him. So, which is fine. It's very normal for that to happen. Um, so that is the weekend. It was wonderful and glorious and I am so flipping glad it happened. Um, it was great. As an American, like, I'm very proud. 
um, and also just relieved. Um, so anyway, that is what was going on in the UK over the weekend. So now we are going to move on to the next busiest country and focus on Denmark. Denmark, there were, again, quite a few things. Um, so, yes, there is the Euro Cup finals happening. Um, and I talked about, like, Frederick and Mary's attendance at them. But I didn't know, and I haven't thought this plan perfectly out, um, but there were also events on Friday and Saturday leading up to the official um, start for Denmark in the Euro Cup. Um but they both attended different, like, opening events. So on um, on Friday, Crown Prince Frederick opened the fan zone called Football Village. Um, so he was there for, like, the official opening of that fun experience. Um, took part in a soccer something. I, I don't know if it was, like, practice or a game, like a, a, a fun game kind of thing. Like, I don't know. It was really funny. It was really fun to watch. I enjoyed it. And so that was his event on Friday. And then on Saturday, ahead of the game, um, Crown Princess Mary attended a party, like a a game party kind of thing um, in a community. And so this is something that the Mary Foundation launched ahead of the Euros um, to basically encourage... um, inclusivity in the community and like bringing back community um you know as things are starting to open and being um you know more relaxed in terms of covid restrictions and things like that um the mary foundation wanted to sponsor these like football parties where they'll send like gear and different kinds of activities um for Danes to celebrate and cheer for their team, but also to do it um, within the community and not so much either completely separate or or even like in a large mass gathering in Copenhagen. Like it's very um, community by community, which I think is awesome. Um, and so she attended one of these parties again, like played some soccer with some, with some of the kids. I know I still, I I know I call it soccer when I just talk about the actual game. I know. Um, I call it football 98% of the time, including in my real life people. I call it European football because I'm like, because that's how I feel about it. But also like, I have to specify that I mean European football, which means I mean soccer. You guys, it's really hard to be an American to talk about European things sometimes. Uh, and football is one of them. Um, so anyway, those were the two events that happened kind of related to the Euro, but also the Euro finals, but also not like specifically game related. Um, it was great. It was really fun. I am kind of loving this um 
new normal that we're living in at the moment. Like, I'm, I'm living for it. Um, and then, of course, they attended the game. We've already talked about that. Um, and so that brings us to today, um, which, again, is like a really big day. Um, so today was the official 100th anniversary celebration of the reunification of the Southern Jutland back into Denmark. Um, so I did a ton of research on this. I'm going to try and summarize it. Um, basically, pre-World War I, um, the Prussian Empire, which was kind of the German, em- like, German's empire, um, was taking land and accumulating land. It's how they became an empire. Um, and part of that is what they took as what is now the Southern Jutland. Um, and so it was part of this expansion of the Prussian Empire. Um, and the people in the area were torn. Some of them felt very much um, Danish, while some of them did feel more German. Um, so there were like zones of the Jutland. Um, I think they officially broke it down into three zones and like zone one, 75% felt, felt Danish. Zone two, 75% or, or less or something like that felt German. And so zone three, they didn't even poll because they assumed that they would feel more German, um, because of like one was the closest to Denmark, then two, then three. Um, And so, after, um, well, I guess technically during the war, um, when it was evident that the Prussian Empire was going to lose, um, it was, at that point, kind of the conversation started happening about how to get this land um, and the people of the land back into Denmark. Um, So, negotiations occurred for about two years, and then in 1920, the Southern Jutland did officially become part of Denmark again. Um, To celebrate this, I think it was King Christian the 10th, um, who was part of this. There's a famous photo of him on a white horse um, at this reunification, like, event. Um, and so last year, all of these celebrations were supposed to happen last year. Obviously, we lived in a pandemic, so they were pushed back a year. So technically, we are now celebrating the 101st, but we're celebrating it like it was the 100th um, in the same way. Because 101st isn't that special, but 100 is. Um, so that is why it's being celebrated now versus last year, obviously. Um, so Queen Margrethe... Crown Prince Frederick and Prince Christian all took part in events in relation to this. Um, So they started with a carriage ride over, I think what like the quote unquote border is, like the the split between Southern Jutland and Denmark a hundred years ago. And now it's obviously all Denmark but I think is what this border is. So they had like a really cool archway over it. Um, so they took part in that. 
And then, again, together, they partook in a, a Thanksgiving service, a church service, um, to mark the event. And then Frederick and Christian kind of went off and presumably went back to Copenhagen. They haven't been seen the rest of the day, so and they weren't scheduled to be. So I'm not entirely sure what happened there. Like, I don't know why they didn't partake in some more. But then there were other events to mark the day, including a meeting and reception with the German president and first lady, I think is what she's called in Germany. Um, and then a reception held for the German president and first lady, as well as the Danish prime minister and her partner, um, her male partner. I don't know if he's a spouse or husband or what, um, but her partner. Um, and Queen Margrethe on the royal yacht, um, and then there was like a concert in the evening kind of event. Um, so it was just a long day of different events celebrating this, recreating a lot of things. So Queen Margrethe really took the same path that I believe it's her grandfather. I think King Christian X is her grandfather, um, which makes the most sense. Um, cause then, yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm going with grandfather. So she recreated a lot of these things. Um, you know, obviously she didn't ride in on a white horse, but she did come in in a horse-drawn carriage. She kind of walked through some land um, and took a recreation picture. She took a recreation picture outside of like a city hall or the church or something. Um, and so she did a lot of that. And I think it was just a really fun, cool different kind of event um, that I really enjoyed. So that is what the reunification was. I feel like we have been waiting for this event for a very long time. Um, I know I started talking about it in February of 2020, so like a month into this podcast, um, into its entire life, and now it's finally happening when I'm about 18 months in. Um, it's just been a very long time coming kind of event. So it's wonderful that it finally happened. I did really enjoy it. I'm still trying to catch up on different pieces of it. Um, but it was really cool. And I'm really glad that the organizers and the royal household had the foresight to include, um, Frederick and Christian because they'll be able to share this story for generations to come so that in another hundred years or 99, I guess, um, their grandchildren and great-grandchildren will be able to talk about it. So I think that's really cool. And children, I guess, um, which is crazy, but, um, it was just, it was really awesome that they had the foresight to make it the three of them. Um, so that is what was going on in Denmark. So now we are going to go ahead and briefly move on to the Dutch royal family. There were a couple of different things on Friday. I was honestly not sure if I was going to like include these in the episode, but there's one that's pretty important. So I do want to talk about it. Um, so I'll just briefly share the other two, um, 
But first, King William Alexander held a phone call with his informer for the government formation. Um, so it does seem like the Netherlands is still trying to form the government. I, again, it doesn't seem like King William Alexander has a huge role. He's not having weekly conversations with the informer, um, but he is getting regular updates. And also, not everything is formally shared. So, who knows? Um, and then also, on Friday, Queen Maxima uh, visited the National Special Olympic Games held in The Hague, so the Dutch-specific National uh, Special Olympics. Um, so she was able to speak with athletes as well as um, participate in some of the games. There was like a bowling type of activity is what it looked like um, from the two pictures that they shared um, that she was partaking in that looks really fun. Um, I do have, by the way, pictures and videos of just about every single event that I have talked about so far already up on the website as I'm recording this at 745 on Sunday night. Um, and by the time you're listening to it, everything will be up. Um, I'm still just working through the weekend. Um, but a lot of everything is already up and hopefully by the time you're listening, everything will be up on the website, thedailyroyal.com and on Instagram. So go check those out. Um, but then we also have on Friday, um, the princess of orange. So princess Amalia, sent a letter to the current Prime Minister of the Netherlands um, announcing her plans to return the income that she will receive on her 18th birthday. Um, so it was announced in September last year when King Willem Alexander reads the budget for the year ahead um, that Amalia will be receiving an income the day she turns 18. So it was like expected that that was going to happen. People were furious, angry. Um, I don't put a lot of credence in poll numbers um, for Royals because like they're playing a long game and it, it don't really care what their poll numbers are. Um, but it was notable that like Amalia, who is a child, so children are pretty much like indestructible um, but Amalia, because of this income, her poll numbers dropped drastically, um, like drastically. It was bizarre, um, because, you know, she, it was a, it was a budget of 1.6 million euros. Now, very little of that was her income. So her income, like that she would have for herself was 300,000 euros which is a lot, and by comparison, more than the King of Spain makes, just so you all know. Um, I think King Felipe's budget, like income is like 270,000 euros or less. Um, it's somewhere in that range though, and he's king. And so the Princess of Orange was going to make 300,000 for doing nothing because she was gonna be on a gap year, okay? So people were like rightfully kind of frustrated by this. Um, and she wasn't going to have a whole staff to make up the other 1.3 million euros of this budget that she was getting um, because she wasn't going to be working yet as a royal. So it was, she wrote a letter, it was handwritten by her that she was going, she will still receive said income, but she will be returning the amount in its entirety to the government um, because 
she does not feel good about taking it when she is giving so little back. Um, her education and her formative years are really important to her and her parents. And so she's going to take that time and now she is not going to take government income to support herself while on that she is still being supported by the government y'all like it's not like she's going out and getting a, a, a job like she's not going to go work for a year at some random company um but she is going to not receive additional income outside of her so her parents are supporting her while yes it's still the government and taxpayer money um it is money that is already allotted. She is not taking extra. Um, so I thought this was very... I was shocked. I was pleasantly shocked. I did not expect her to do this. I just kind of thought all of the hubbub about it, like if they were going to do anything, they would have already done it. Um, but I really liked that they waited till the day after she announced her A-levels to like show hey, like, we were taking, she was taking her education extremely seriously, and, like, now she's ready to start thinking about her future institutional duties, and she's not going to take an income while she's not performing in institutional duties. Um, so I just very much am pleased with this decision. I'm very happy about it. I think it's awesome. Um, I'm not Dutch, so my opinions on their tax situation does not matter, um, but I am, as an outsider looking in, of the better late than never mindset. Like, I'm very glad that she took this step and it was her, it wasn't her parents deciding for her, that we know of. Um, you know, a handwritten letter is a pretty big deal, um, so I just admire that and think it was... and think it was truly good and and also like kind of great timing the day after you announce your passage of A-levels with cum laude status. So that is um, what was going on in the Netherlands that I wanted to talk about the most. Um, okay, so with that, we are skipping Norway. It was our traditional Friday events, meeting with the Prime Minister, Council of State, and so now we are going to move on to Spain, which is our last country for the day. In Spain, um, it was, it's really interesting because it seems so casual now after, you know, all of the events that we just talked about, but there were some really important things that happened in Spain this weekend too. Um, it's just none of them were revolving around football or the G7. Um, so they don't seem as fun and glamorous anymore um, after, or, or as serious, because um, the next thing we talk about is not going to be fun or glamorous. Um, but also, crazy, because this week for Spain, just so you all know, we're getting our first state visit, and it's happening in Spain this week, um, and like a lot of other things are happening this week. 
in Spain. So, also there's football tomorrow, so at least we'll have some football to talk about in Spain. Um, it's just a lot. And so I want to kind of take it, you know, as seriously as I have the other things. So, um, on Friday, Queen Letizia was present for the closing session of the Santander, which is a bank in Spain um, that sponsors a lot of different other things. So they hosted this Women Now conference where it brought international voices of women together as well as Spanish voices to talk about gender equality and women's rights and all of this amazing stuff. Um, And so... Queen Letizia was always scheduled to attend. It had, it, had, it had been on her schedule for the week. Um, it was not indicated that she was going to speak. Um, like, that was not a thing. That was, I saw the agenda. She, it was, it had shown, like, presided over by um, Her Majesty the Queen, but nothing mentioning her. Like, she was not on the list of speakers for the closing session. Um Lo and behold, she did get up and give remarks. Um, and when she did, it made perfect sense as to why. So um, there's been this thing going on behind the scenes in Spain that, like, it wasn't behind the scenes in Spain. It was, like, the forefront of everyone's mind. Um, in the matter of a few days, um, there were several deaths of young um of a young woman and two very very young little girls um that were both the result of um people they knew who killed them um to seek revenge essentially um so the first two instances of gender violence in Spain of the year I believe happened within, um, at least were discovered within a couple of days of each other. So, um, there were two missing little girls in Tenerife, which is on the Canary Islands. Um, they were six and one and, um, the six-year-old's body was discovered in the sea on Thursday. Um, and it is now known that her father, um, killed her to take revenge on her mother who who they had gone through a separation um and it was a it was a revenge um and then a 17 year old girl in um Seville was killed by her uh ex-partner um again seeking revenge on her um and leaving a four-month-old without his mother um and so Spain was just kind of, is shaken by this. Um, it's just kind of one of those things that is grabbing the nation's attention, as it should. Um, and so Queen Letizia got up and she talked about that. Um, so she, you know, basically said, I, I can't sit here and say nothing about these events um, and these murders of minor children and minor girls um, at that And it just, it's so important and it, it it is getting, thank goodness, the rightful attention that it deserves. Um, 
to really point to how intense the gender violence in Spain can be um, and how much of a problem it is. And um, so I just think like it's really important to draw attention to that from the podcast as well. Um, because this isn't a problem just in Spain, but it, it's a problem everywhere. And so talk about it, seek out resources, all of that. Um, and then she went on to talk about the importance of the event, um, in a, like, again, a brief little speech that she does that she gives off the cuff, like no prepared remarks. Again, I don't think she was prepared to say anything. Like, I don't think that was on the agenda when she walked in that door, um, maybe it was in her mind, but like it was not written down anywhere for sure. Um, so that was a big deal. Um, and then also today, um, King Felipe was present for the arrival of the, um, it's a, it's a training ship for the Spanish Navy. Um, and the ship is called the Juan Sebastian de Elcano. Um, and it's named for the captain of the Magellan, one of the Magellan fleets, um, that completed the first trip around the world. Um, so Magellan was an explorer who discovered or found, or at least colonized on behalf of Spain, um, places like Argentina and Chile and the Philippines and, um, other places as well. And so the the this training vessel has gone on a trip around the world um marking those same locations and um or visiting those same locations but also like as a training mission for sailors um and so he officially boarded the ship yesterday to take part in the literal final leg like the final day of sailing um and they arrived in port in uh Caddies today, um, which is in Andalusia. So I'm kind of wondering, cause he has two events in Andalusia tomorrow too. So I'm kind of wondering if they even like went back to Madrid or if Queen Leticia is just joining him. Cause they have a lot of things happening in Sevilla this week. Um, so I don't really know, but, um, so he, along with the rest of the crew departed the ship um, he greeted the people that were there to receive their family members. Um, it was just, it was really cool. And again, something that is really important, um, the ship, I don't think it does this mission very often. Um, this is the first time I've seen it in the past, um, however long I've been following the Spanish Royals, which I would say is most of King Felipe's reign, which is almost seven years old at this point. So in the past seven years, I don't think I've seen it. Um, and so it's just a very important thing. Um, and it took, I think <laughs> this trip around the world took about 10 months to complete. I think the first one took like five years or something. No, it maybe didn't take that long, but it definitely took a long time. Um, so again, just something really, really, really important to Spain's history. Um, because love it or hate it. And I would say most people aren't big fans of, you know, we're not big fans of colonization, but the arrival of European, you know, there is no good way to spin colonization, except it's a part of Spain's history. And, um, 
you know, I said this yesterday, like our history is our history. And while we don't have to honor it, we do still like need to own it and remember it. And so like, it was an accomplishment. Do I wish they wouldn't have killed a bunch of indigenous people in the process? Of course, because like, let's not commit genocide. Um, but the event without the colonization is still a huge accomplishment, um, for Magellan and his crew. So, you know, you take the good with the bad. It's, it's just kind of the way life is. It's not always perfect. So, um, that is a really big thing. And I just, it's awesome. So that is, um, the whole day, the whole weekend. I know this one was super long. Believe me, I know. Um, it was a busy weekend though, so I'm impressed that I got this in under an hour. Um, so with that, I am going to end this episode. I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a fantastic Monday. Um, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Have a great day.